Uh, so good to see you again, Hidden Nation. Welcome right back into the studio. It's Josh Carey here, your hidden entrepreneur. You're tuned into 710 WOR, the voice of New York. And anytime you want, all you got to do is download that free iHeartRadio app and the world is yours. You can do a few specific things once you do that. You can literally listen to every episode of this show, the entire back catalog, or any episode of your favorite shows, including music across all genres. It's waiting for you right now. The free iHeartRadio app. Get it now. Hidden Nation, today is an amazing day. We have a very important guest talking to us about a very important topic. We're going to be talking about ADHD and how it relates to everything we do as people. Our guest is Jay Finicaro, who is an educator in the acting profession, who has spent his life dedicated to the arts as a child performer, actor, singer, dancer, and a teacher and educator all throughout uh, both sides of the camera in the film industry, all while diagnosed with ADHD. We're going to hear all about his story. Jay, welcome to the program. Hi, nice to meet you, Josh. I want to begin with, like I said, it's a very important topic because today more than ever, do we not only hear about uh, ADHD and uh, being diagnosed and having to live with it. I want to hear a couple of things from you. First, when were you officially diagnosed with this? Well, I was officially diagnosed uh, in my early 20s when I was going to university. And it was quite a surprise. I remember at the time I wanted to find out what was uh, not right. I, I was doing a lot of things, but um, I was told by uh, the family doctor, actually, that there's actually uh, a good uh, psychologist. And she actually started off the procedure of, of doing some tests. And then it uh, escalated into um, getting a doctor, a medical doctor. And he was both a psychologist, uh, sorry, sorry, a psychiatrist and a, and a medical doctor and specialized in ADHD and uh, did a lot of testing, uh, which included a brain scan and doing a lot of questions, but also just checking out how I was. And I remember um, when I was diagnosed, um, the way he did it was quite interesting. He took me into the room after the, the tests and in front of me was a background of the whole city line. He deliberately opened the curtains up and he and I asked him, oh, what? so um, do I have ADHD? And then he said to me, what do you think? And this was interesting because he was seeing the way that I was responding. And, and what happened was I was so interested in what was happening behind him that I just didn't really mind what he was saying. And I then realized, you got me there. And he said, uh, so what do you think? And I said, yes, I think I've got it. And he said, you're right. And after that, he showed me the scans and everything. And it was a, 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 a really good relief. But at the same time, I was uh, amazed because this was uh, a new part of my life uh, that entered into the way I see things. What was, spell it out for the listener so we can perhaps recognize parts of ourself. You went into that um, doctor at that time, you said for a very specific reason to see what was going on. 
paint the picture. What was your life like that you were starting to imagine, oh, I got to get something in order here. Something might be happening. What was there? Yeah, so I think what happened was like when I was young, I, I started out as a, as a child performer. But in the in Australia, um, my my family were very good. They they let me choose a lot of things. I did sport and that, but I I really was interested in dancing and singing and that. And I was lucky to get into a, a professional agent at the time when I was only seven years old. Um, and from that, a lot of things were in order. So uh, anyone who does dancing or singing or acting knows there's a discipline. And one of the things which is good for people with ADHD is that once you have a certain routine and you can predict what you need to have done, um, that can actually help you get things in order. Um, but I was doing a lot of performing. And uh, at that stage, things were getting very busy. I was actually uh, performing in professional theatre productions, uh, doing commercials, being an extra in film, and and even touring overseas and things like that. And it all came to a point where um, everything was laid out as a timetable. But once I finished high school and you went to university, um, you have your own independent way of living. I was also doing uh, part-time work, getting money and things. So trying to organize that by myself, uh, I found I was slipping a lot behind. I did a lot of essays at the last minute and all of those things started to really go against me. And I felt that I couldn't concentrate because so many uh good things uh, were coming my way and yet I wanted to complete them and it was only to the point where I started to really get stressed in getting exams done and not coping well and feeling anxiety uh, that I thought there's something wrong here I don't understand it and, and I think that's a good trigger when you find that you can't cope with certain things and you're very much into a lot of um, activities and and you're good at certain things, um, it might be a good sign to say, you know, you, you might need some time management, but if your time management isn't good enough without you coping, then it could be another thing. And so I was glad that it was ADHD. That was the reason why. Yeah. And that's interesting because you say you were glad, and I understand that concept. It's because at least now you can point to something, to a reason, right, of what's causing this. So what was the solution? What was the path forward um, right when you were diagnosed? Is it is it medication? Is it anything else? What is it? Well, yes. I mean, in a lot of cases, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of division behind it, but uh, a lot of people go on, on medication. And I think, you know, it's really a matter of uh, a case-by-case -case situation. I actually have not gone on medication. And uh, interestingly enough, I mean, I went to a psychiatrist afterwards uh, and and the doctors say that. And it was more out of, um, I think, with it, certain medications affect people on a side effect. I feared that when I went on to medication, um, that perhaps my creativity wasn't going to be as fast as I wanted it to. Um, and I think that for me, I knew that because there are some, and I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, uh, a, a chemist or a pharmacist or anything, but there are some shared um, um, ingredients in, a, say, a cold tablet 
with that of some certain ADHD tablets. And I know when I have a cold tablet, like say it's something that I need for the odd cold, I feel a bit slow mm. in terms of how I respond. I feel very calm and relaxed, but I also don't feel that uh, creative spark that I really want to use for things like um, film or stories or whatever I'd like to do. Um, so I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to cope by just allowing myself to not take too many things on board, balance myself with um, some good um, uh, ways of living, how you eat, how you drink, uh, you know, not always have to go for the, the fast foods or anything like you want to because they can help trigger um, certain things with the ADHD, but also just to look after yourself a bit more. And I think, you know, if you need medication or if you want medication, by all means, go for it. But if you don't and you find other ways, then then, then go by that because everyone's different with ADHD. And I've coped for so many years without the medication and I've got a good uh, family support and friend support. So that's also important too. Yeah. Have you found whether it was back at the point of diagnosis or any time through the years since, do you find that there's a stigma attached to this diagnosis? Oh, yeah. Um, I think especially when it comes to things like job interviews and people say to you, so is there anything we need to know? Hmm. And you say, well, I do have ADHD. And like, it depends on what sort of job. And I think if you're going for a job that's like teaching and it could be for university or things like that, you might wonder if that's going to go against you because you think, well, does that mean you're going to be able to time manage well or things like that? And I think um, the other stigma part of it is that um, people are often characterized as being very hyperactive or very moody or very depressed or very this. And there's a sort of pendulum sort of effect and in, in reality it's for me I don't know what it is for everyone else but I'm not a moody person I'm not someone who swings one way or the other but I do know that um, the good side of it is that you can um, think on your feet very fast on on decisions that need to be made uh, on at a, at a quick time when there may be the plan is not right or or that you don't know have all the resources. So the stigma goes along with the mood and that, but the good side is that um, not everyone's like that and you need to know the person more uh, in order to find out. And I think if anything, job interviews, uh, I know that in certain countries they do ask personal questions, maybe not in America, but um, sometimes that goes against you, but you've just got to say and to them, Trust me, I, I'm definitely not the stereotype that you might see in the media. Yeah. Hmm. Now, there's an interesting point in your career where you label it as an email that came, quote, out of the blue. And I love those sorts of labels because I personally, I feel that, you know, the whole theory of everything happens for a reason, the, the manifestation, the synergy of everything. So however you feel about something coming out of the blue, the right time for everything, tell me what happened with this email. So, yeah, sure. Now, this was this is one of those things which I have no idea about. But at the time, I was in my early 20s and I was going to university doing theatre and, and, and 
learning to be a teacher at university. And at some point, uh, I was also acting in that, but I wanted to um, to see where else I could go. And I got an email from a, a music production company called Babyfoot Productions in Australia. It's They're known for music videos. And I it said, um, oh, if you want to help out on a music video, please come to this address in the city and uh, it's for this artist, yada, 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 uh, Heath Ledger. And I have to admit, when I read the name, it went over my head because I thought, oh, that's like John Smith, you know, well, how's that going to be a name that's going to be of any importance? And I just was interested because it was a music video. I love music videos and it was the first time to help behind the scenes. So I thought, why not give it a go? This was signed like. by Heath Ledger? No, it was written by the actual producer production. or the production saying the director will be Heath Ledger. Oh, wow. Okay. And as a result, um, you know, I just thought that that's fine. And anyone's name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so I went in early morning, and funny thing was, is that in Sydney, it was actually done in a in a, uh, a nightclub in Sydney, and it was, uh, and you can actually see it online. It's Enfa's uh, called Seduction. She's hot, and it was the first music video by Heath Ledger. But here's the thing: I went in there trying to find who the director was. And Heath was dressed in overalls, like green overalls, looking like one of the crew people. You would never suspect it. And he had this green cap on and he was helping out with the other crew people. And when I met him, he says, hi, and a very down-to-earth person. And um, he he showed me what to do. And I was just helping as a runner. Like, this was my first experience. I didn't want to uh, go into anything. But... Um, I I remember one time uh, the the lead dancer, which if you see in the interview, she's got a hat on, a bowler cap, and she said to me, um, "Look after that," and I went, "Yeah, sure." This is where the ADHD comes in. I was so distracted by everything, and I had the hat in my hand, and someone said to me, "Oh, Jay, can you just come over here?" I went, "Yeah, sure." Put the hat down, and I went over, helped, came back, it was gone. And I thought, oh, no. And the dancer was doing something. She came back. She says, where's the hat? Where's the hat? And we lost everything. And the crew and everything stopped. Everyone was looking for the hat, even Heath and everyone. And I thought, I'm going to be gone. I'm fired. I don't know. And luckily, we found it. I think it was just hidden somewhere underneath. But, oh, the dancer said, don't lose it again. I said, no. And, and I and I felt bad and I looked at Heath and he just laughed. He said, yeah, don't worry about it, <laughs> you know. But I think that was an amazing thing. He's a very generous person. Um, and the one thing amazing about him was that, you know, um, uh, when it came to lunchtime, um, in normal sort of circumstances, you have, I think in America, you call the craft services and it's yep. put in its location. Here, and I kid you not, anyone who was working on it would say the same thing. There's a park near where we were in Sydney, a big, large park. And there were these tents all the way down so far of all this gourmet food for lunch. Heath paid for that and he did everything for it. Like, it was everything. And it was, the, the amazing thing was um, when you try to look for him, he was gone. He wouldn't be at where we were because I think it was to, to try and hide from the 
public and all that sort of thing. But the generosity of that man was just one thing I couldn't believe. And it was the most uh, amazing arrangement of different foods and drinks of everything all the way down. And people from the city who were working in there thought it was some sort of a, a event. You know, they didn't know. But yeah. that was the impact. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that was an introduction for me to go into film. But it also made me think, you know, um, there's a lot of thing, good things. I mean, Heath was a good director. It was his first time ever. And he had just come from America. And he said that at the end. He said, this is my first time directing. Thank you very much. Um, and I think to trust us, uh, uh, some of us were, like myself, had no experience. Others were very experienced. Um, and we all worked together. It was a really rare moment indeed yeah and what did that really lead to for you or change in your life because up until that point you were already uh performing on stage you were already going to university to pursue education so what did this shift in your career path yeah so uh the i think the bombshell of that was i stopped uni and left it at that point and I went, moved into a direction of wanting to go into film production because I found there was a, a creative side of me that I wanted to touch into. And I loved the idea of uh, directing and things. And so from that moment, uh, getting the experience of behind the scenes and being part of something really made me feel like I was contributing to something. You know, when we're acting and performing, I think a lot of people think that, you know, I mean, it's a huge responsibility, but the responsibility of the people behind the scenes, you know, they're there hours before and hours after. But there's also a wonderful supportive system. You know, you get to really help people in many different ways. And I think with the film, uh, I was doing production management and things like that. Um, I found that it was much more useful. Um and, and it also, one thing that I learned from Heath was that um, he gave back to, to people what um, people wanted and wanted to learn. Like if you're, in my case, I became an acting teacher because I wanted to help people, you know, with experience and say, you know, I've done these mistakes, but I've also learned this. And it's a collaboration between learning from the formal education of university or, uh, and also from experience and giving back and letting others wanting to do what they want to do. So that's what I find was a good pivotal moment in doing it, yeah. And I've already touched upon the idea that I play deep in the spiritual space, let's say, yeah. of yeah. Um, allowing things to unfold as they will, seeing the best in everything, understanding the nature of life and so forth. You had a very interesting experience that sort of played well for you in an airplane in that regard. Yeah. Was that a moment that shifted for you? Yes, it was. So um, this was time when I was doing film production. And look, I, I um, in all honesty, when it comes to things of being aware um, of where, what's happening around you, um, whether you call it karma or not, I don't know, but... I think I was being very busy and at that time um, I was on a plane and we had to go, we were doing some filming events and things like that. And I had, I was in Germany 
um, going from, I think it was from Berlin to, to Dortmund. That's right, Dortmund. And it was late at night. And it was in around about this time, December. Uh, and and I was on the plane and it was really windy. We went into the plane and I was just thinking to myself, oh, it's going to be annoying, all this. And I don't know if uh, what, we're going to get delayed. On the plane, the plane was going in uh, into the sky and it was stormy and everything. And all of a sudden, a big flash of lightning just hit every all the windows it was like a, a huge beam of light went into the to the to the to the plane and all of a sudden we had a lot of turbulence but it was really descending and we were uh we, we were amongst a lot of germans and they were very much worried and scared and we just thought oh no this is not good person next to me um, he was uh, he was a physicist or something like that, and he said to me, I uh, in his uh, in his English saying, I don't know what to do. How do I do? And all I could say to him is, just hold on to my arm, close your eyes, and count to ten. Now this was something I learned from my um, my psychologist when I learned about ADHD, just to keep calm. And I just used that same uh, process, and we did that. And we still felt the plane descending, descending, descending. It was just forever. And once again, um, you know, the, the flight attendants were going up and down and everything. And people were shouting and there was a lot of movement. And once again, uh, there was another flash of light, a boom sort of thing. And 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 the, the plane jolted. And I didn't know what that was. And then uh, the plane started to gradually get steady. And after a while, it did go fine, but everyone was speaking in their language just how bad it was. So when I went with my friends and others, you know, and, and the crew and that going out, um, we overheard uh, some flight attendants saying that the plane was struck twice with lightning. And it was just, wow, that was weird. Um, and I thought to myself, now, I don't know how to take that, like, but I do know one thing, it was very much at that point of time, I was so busy and I thought, in a way, life can be quite chaotic. And if you don't take things into perspective, sometimes it can actually get out of control. That plane wasn't out of control, but this this idea of being so much involved, anything could happen. Yeah. And it sounds so like, I was lucky. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like what you said there, you're... ADHD diagnosis was um, a help because you said you used what you learned from that in that situation to stay yeah, calm. Yeah, and then definitely, and and you're talking about you know being aware and being spiritually aware. I think there was a combination of the two. It's like at that time, bang, something emergency needed to help me survive the situation. Maybe some divine intervention or whatever. But at that time, to use that solution was just right. Because not only helped me, it helped the person next door to me, you know, the physicist who was just freaking out like anything. Yeah. Wow. So let's talk about the the ADHD um, idea for the listener, because I really want to hit this home. Um, how are you today with that diagnosis? Yeah, so today... What I find is that I'm taking more um, work opportunities 
that allow me to, to have more time management control. Another part of it is to take uh, things less um, less um, on the go. Uh, what's the word? I think it's spontaneous. Less, less spontaneous. Thank you. Yeah, um, that that's the that's the thing because I think um, with the ADHD, I think there's the the attraction of doing everything and it's just doing things because it stimulates you at the time you know you want to do something um but then you realize you are getting older too <laughs> you know you are you know you realize you're not as fast as you used to be um and i've learned that too and i think also that um you also get to appreciate people's time more who you're talking with and you don't always have to say yes to everything, but say yes to the things that are very much going to help you and others at the same time, but also that you feel that is good overall um, and that it's going to be very productive in, in the way it is. And so I'm going, I chose to become a, an acting teacher because that gave me more time management. I can plan the lessons, but I also can take in in the lessons what the students are learning and I also don't have to, there's a there's a certain schedule behind it. You don't have to suddenly rush in. Although I have at times uh, helped the, the odd teacher who needed to to do something and I stepped in. But I I think it's it's more rewarding that way. You know, I find it helpful. And I like um, seeing people grow and develop in their own skills too. Yeah. Have you seen the medical industry uh, change for better or worse? in the way we diagnose and treat ADHD, even from when you did? Oh, yeah. So when I, I think, I mean, I know before that there was the big boom of the Ritalin yeah. uh, medication. And so I think after that, there was a lot of, I hear on the, on, on, on the news, there's an overdiagnosis of ADHD, I've heard, you know. And and there's an uh, and and maybe there are certain things with pharmaceuticals and things like that. But overall, I think um, interestingly enough, and I don't think it's unrelated, but to be able to do more activities, I think for myself that are more natural, I think um, going out, or playing sport, or, or going into a performing group or something. And letting that energy out, but also knowing that there's a timetable, that I think being able to balance that with medication, if you have it, really is what uh, needs to be done now. Uh, and probably it is, but there is this return back uh, to balancing what is naturally there um, with the ADHD. And um I think that's going to help people with the way people communicate with people. I think if anything, there needs to be more of a boost on how everyday people, especially employees or employers, staff, how do you communicate with someone who's got ADHD, knowing that maybe that person might not be able to um, say exactly what they think because a lot of thoughts are in their mind, but um, just to help the person to come down and say, okay, let's let's take it from here. Are you all right? Do you want to, is this what you want? Or, uh, you know, that sort of thing, rather than being upset at the person and assuming, oh, this person's a bad, yeah. um, bad person today. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Jay, it's such an important, uh, not only an entire conversation, but even that last point of it's so important for uh, friends, family, and certainly employers and other staff members to understand how to relate and interact and discuss this with the uh, the people going through it. Yes, definitely. And um, I think um, one of the things, like, I, I think... I wouldn't take anything away from it. Like I, I, I had a, I, I enjoy my career in the way it is. Um, I know that uh, I was very lucky. Uh, and my, 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 my parents had this uh, idea of thinking when I was young is, is what we call opening doors. So the whole idea is that as a young person, open the doors of many uh, different areas of your life. I before I did the performing. I did a lot of sport as well as, and I learned some languages as a kid. And I, over the years, you get to close the doors, which you find you don't want. And then you get to keep the doors open to the ones that you are good at or you like. But it doesn't mean the doors that are closed are permanently closed. They can reopen again. But I love that sort of metaphor where, you know, it's not, uh, you're not boxed in. And that's what I found in my life. I think... Um, with ADHD, um, I, I I dip my toe into lots of different things, but uh, I also can cross-reference certain skills just to see, you know, this might not be good for this, but I could be good for this other idea. And I think that's what is good because um, I remember uh, when I was at uni, um, the 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 subject of a special education which had ADHD in it mm. was also a subject next to gifted and talented students and this idea that you have high intelligence intellectual intelligence coupled next to people with disabilities um, that wonderful combination was very important when I was learning because you do realize both end of the spectrums do need uh, some special way of, of uh, being able to, to get their potential out and I think when, when with education, especially when, when teachers learn, um, they need to know that, you know, you, you do have a, an array of different um, disabilities and personalities and that, but a good teacher is one who sees the person as who they are and pinpoints, okay, I see what's happening. Um, let's work it from this way and not tailor-made it just because certain books say this and this and that. So that's what I enjoy learning, yeah. Wow. Jay, such an important advocate for this very important subject and theme. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate you and what you bring to the table. And thank you, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> and there you go, Hidden Nation. I know you agree. I know you feel it. Do what you can with this information, either for yourself or for those you know and love. Also, get out there. Be your best self. Now is the time. We're here to make it happen. Uh, no more hiding. Get out and put your best foot forward. I appreciate you tuning in today, investing your time. We're going to do it again before too long. Until we do, Hidden Nation, take care. Be well.